All right, so here we are, uh, Cutler Cast, episode 15. Uh, we're just coming off a crazy uh, holiday week, weekend, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Uh, everyone's running. You're not going to mention sales. that I almost just broke this chair? No, it's, that was just the adjustment. So <laughs> uh, we have, uh, you know, this is obviously is, is a big, big weekend for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, seems to be the biggest shopping day, travel so what did you, so what did you, well, I already know, but what did you do on Thanksgiving? Dude, we had a schedule to <laughs> try to eat sushi because we thought sushi would be open. But. but it was supposed to be open. Like I even researched it ahead of time and all these places are, hey, we're open on, on Thanksgiving. And even, even when we looked it up, it was yeah. said, okay, it's open. And we tried calling, we didn't get it. So, so to give you guys a little insight, normally I go back to Massachusetts. That's where my whole family is. Uh, I was just back there about three weeks ago as I promoted an event. Uh, my family had COVID, so there was a little concern. I know that they were limited on who was going to show up for Thanksgiving. Uh, so I kind of just decided, eh, you know what, I'm probably not gonna, going to fly back. Um, and listen, I, I'm just not enjoying traveling at this point uh, just because of, you know, you just never know what you're walking into in, in certain situations and delays and everything else and you know, the airlines, a lot of people are going on strike. You know, you hear all these stories. So yeah. I decided to stay home. Last minute, Angie decided to go see her family in Jersey, which was great because she hadn't been able to spend any Thanksgivings with her family for quite a number of years. Usually what we do is we take Thanksgiving with my family and then we do Christmas with hers. So mm -hmm. we kind of, you know, treat each each family that way. And uh, we did, uh, I did not want to travel. So for yeah. me... Uh, I decided to stay home. I was working because obviously we had to get a lot of prep ready for Black Friday for Cutler Nutrition, Otomics, Trifecta, uh, a lot of content, make sure everything was smooth, and of course, Cyber Monday. How did you, how were sales for you and your your brands compared this year compared to years in the past? You know what, I, uh, I, I want to say that we did, uh, I did not really compare it. I, I think we've done, we did the best because we started early. I think... What's crazy about, we talk about Black Friday and it used to be like, okay, Black Friday deal on Friday. Mm -hmm. Now it's like people start on Monday yeah. prior to, and then they run through. I mean, I think I'm still running Cyber Monday today, yeah. which is Thursday, right? So um, I think uh, for me, uh, it was great in all aspects. I think there was a lot of excitement. Um, I don't do crazy giveaway deals. So I, yeah. I just, I think the max I did was 30% off and I didn't give necessarily a lot of stuff away. It was based on how much was spent. So I think people jump on the, the discounted products. And uh, I know J-Mac, you bought a TV, right? How big? 65. Yeah, so. 65. He's got all the money. No, I mean, he's he's building that new house right now. He's doing a lot of construction. So, you know, he's learning on YouTube. That was pretty impressive. So how much, how much stuff did you have to ship out? Because I know you, you I actually only, get it. I only do memorabilia. So... Uh, it was busy. I mean, we did, you know, buy, spend money, get a free poster. We did, I think, 30% off. I matched what was on the nutrition website. So it's been extremely busy. I mean, it will be my best month I've ever done on the on this site, which now these are live. This is the new bobblehead. It's limited, uh, which, you know, it has the Jay Cutler signature belt. It has the atomic shoes and, of course, the headband from the Cut Above DVD. And if people knew how long it took to get those yes. here... <laughs> Yeah, when did so that the, start? Like, I think March or the February? process started. I mean, a guy contacted me. Mm -hmm. um, I know we 
I put you kind of in touch and I put yeah. you in the, in the mix a little bit. And, uh, you know, we had all this lockdown stuff with China. So as soon as I paid, all of a sudden he said, oh, they held up shipping. I'm like, this, this guy's something's <laughs> going on, but no, it worked out great. And I, literally I just got the last box yesterday. So I had I 500 was, total. So there was actually 21 boxes, by the way, I think yeah. you said 20. It was like 20.8. Yeah. So, it, yeah. so I had 21 boxes. So the last one showed up yesterday. So now we have everything in house. Um, but I was like kind of nervous cause like eight showed up and yeah. then four showed up and then it's like, there was a gap and I was like, damn. Cause God. I remember you were like, how many are in those yeah, boxes? Yeah. And I went on the side, I'm like, there's only 16 or something. And like you that. know, and, and the crazy part is with the holidays, there's just like random people pulling up to my house. Some, some girl pulled up in like a little like a uh, hatchback car and she's at my gate and she's like, Oh, I have delivery for you. And I'm like, what the hell? And she opens up her hatchback and it's like her whole car was filled. Like uh -huh. even the front seat, like you couldn't even see out the windows. So, you know, she's like, Oh, I have your boxes. And when I, when I popped them out, I was like, Oh, it's my bobbleheads. And she goes, you must be a really famous person to have a, your own bobblehead. <laughs> Cause she saw the name. It says Jay Cutler bobblehead yeah. on it. And uh, so it was pretty cool. I right actually there. noticed that I got my trifecta food this week and it was mm -hmm. delivered from a, a, a different carrier. It wasn't FedEx or UPS. And they delivered it in a normal car, popped the trunk open. It came, you know, yeah. they, they screwed up the shipping and it came like a day late. And it just, it was a normal person driving up. I'm like, man, like, it's not like it used to be where the big, huge truck pops up. You know, I, I, I remember reading an article that they have these cars that Amazon has where a package will literally be delivered in like a car that's ran by the satellite and it'll deliver it and drop yeah, it I off think at your certain place. regions, yeah. Have you seen it yet? I haven't seen it. It's in California, I think. Wow. But, you know, uh, so we, we basically, we we did not get to have a Thanksgiving meal, which we <laughs> neither of us care about, no, right? I, no. I don't take Thanksgiving as like, it's supposed to be a time for thanks, right? Um, yeah. And we appreciate it. But everyone's like, oh, it's a time to pig out and have <laughs> pies and desserts. We didn't have any of that. So we ended up going the next night for sushi. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, and she was away till Monday. So... I got a lot of work done. I ended up going through my house and, and going through my office and just, you know, getting things more organized. And it was a good time to kind of catch up because this has been the slower part of the year. We're not traveling as much. We didn't have yeah. a lot of stuff going on other than, you know, the sales that were happening. But everything has gone kind of online and digital for me. Yeah. And a lot of my distribution is there. So that's been what's been kind of ideal. You yeah, know? I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I pretty much I stayed home the whole day. I didn't even leave the house. Because when, when we started yeah, trying yeah. to go find somewhere to eat, but I did the same thing. I, I watched a couple TV shows here and there, and I kind of went through, like, my closet, like, in my spare bedroom. Yeah. I went through my closet and was like, do I need this? Do I need this? And I started boxing stuff up that I'll go take to a Goodwill or something. Just to yeah, I bring everything to Fit Club. Yeah. Oh, I Anything I have left over at my house, I just bring it to Fit Club and... I know, and it, it's like, it looks like sharks in the water there. Yeah, as soon yeah. as you walk in, it's, it's everyone. Everyone knows I'm coming for it, man. And of course, and then the next day, you'll be, we'll be training. You'll be like, yep, that was my shirt. I put yeah, that yeah. there. That guy has my shirt. That girl's yeah, drinking yeah. this. <laughs> and it's like, it's so like, talk a little bit about the, the contest, because we did have a couple contests, then uh, we do have something coming so up. So Tamer and Tarek had a show. in Muscle uh, contest, yeah. Muscle contest show in Brazil, and I think Rio de Janeiro, and they had uh, all the top wellness girls, because most of them live in Brazil, except Yurishna. They all competed. And the reigning Miss Wellness Olympia, uh, Franchili or Franceli, she won that show. So it's not very often that a reigning Olympia champion goes and competes in a show, unless it's like right before, like right after the Olympia, right after, or right after, before, or after, like you used to do, or the Arnold in Ohio. They usually don't 
you know, do these other shows. So it was kind of different to have someone several months after the Olympia, there was plenty of other shows to just go do this show, but all the other top girls did. So she, so she won that. Mm -hmm. And then we had the, uh, the big man show in Spain, which usually has a bunch of, you know, it's always had one or two of the other big names, but I don't know if they didn't this year compared to years past because of the restrictions and, and whatnot. But, uh, Angel Calderon won the open show. He was I saw, crazy. I saw Instagram uh, videos. I follow him on Instagram. And, and remember, we talked about, you know, Chris's guy, the young 22-year-old bodybuilder from Germany yeah. mm -hmm. that was possibly going to win the show because, you know, he ended up getting second. And, uh, you know, I heard Chris say that he, he thought he should have won. But Angel Man was – I saw like a just yeah. an Instagram like days prior or whatever. He was peeled like I mean, crazy. look, I mean, he's, he's a 212 guy. He got fourth. Yeah, in two twelve. Well, I think Olympia. he won a show a couple weeks ago too. I think he's a two twelve. He may have. Uh, I'm not sure if he did, but I just know this is the second time in a year where a two twelve. Well, guy, I know he qualified for both. Well, he was now. fourth. So, okay. so he so he's already refuffed. But I think he won another two twelve show. He may have since then, and now he won an open show. He's also won an open, and I know there's like now you have two guys that are requalified for both, right? Yes, him and Sean Clarita. So now if if you are in either one of their camps, and from what I understand, they're not going to let them do both. They have to choose. If you were Sean, would you do the 212 again? Yes. Or would you go do the open? Or if you're Angel, what would you do? If I was Sean, I would do 212 again with Angel. I would probably, but listen, I would do the, the 212, both of them, probably at the Olympia stage, but I would go do other pro shows I mean, Angel's here, Sean's here, so there's other shows that they can do. I think both of them would do really well in open shows that qualify yeah. and possibly even win it. Um, I just think, you know, if they go to the Olympia, I don't know about Angel what his height-to-weight ratio necessarily is, but he may be one of these guys that we talk about, like, you know, like a Hottie Chupin or, you know, Derek Lunsford who who have a shot to go towards the open uh, classes, right? See, I, th I think <clears throat> I agree with that with Angel. If I were Sean, in just my personal opinion, <clears throat> I would I would go tackle the Open. He's already won the 212, so he's already in history. And we know this. A lot of times going into the Open, there's only a couple guys that are in crazy shape. Sean's always in crazy shape. Yeah. So could he hypothetically knock off some big names that the are off? The chances are <laughs> is a lot of the big guys are going to come in off. Yeah. Okay, that's that's. I mean, look at we we witnessed that with this show where he beat a Sergio and he beat he Sergio, beat Regan, Regan, you know, and, and who Cedric or great, which you know we we think Regan could be top ten. Yeah, in the in open twenty twenty two, Sergio we believe will get there. Right, we just yeah. saw him; he's gigantic, you know. Um, so I I think you know I th I think it just depends on okay you have to look at what your capability is at the time. Yeah. I think Sean, you know, listen, he's a former. He lost the title. I would yeah. want redemption to win it yeah. back. So for him, I would go to the 212. If I was Angel who got fourth, I mean, I would I would look at it and say, okay, well, what happens? I mean, his condition's amazing. Yeah. He's got great structure, and he, he's pretty round. I Is mean, Angel I, I close to that 212 mark? Because I know Sean's He like, has to be. I mean, okay. dude, he's stacked up. I, can't, I don't yeah. – he's not – as short as Sean, like no one is, right? Yeah. Sean's the shortest one in 212, I believe, you yeah. know? 
So I think, you know, looking at it, it's a big decision. But if I was Angel, I would definitely go do another pro show and see where he fares. See if he does it well I mean, again. do like a, a New York pro or or an indie pro or... I mean, he, he could have went, right? went and did Toronto. Yeah. Toronto's this yeah, weekend. of course. Maybe he is. I don't know. I should look that up. Maybe he is. We, I we mean, should. we have Toronto. I mean, we know Stanimal's going. We know Quinton. Those are the only two I who's know Who's a Canadian. Um, I think it's a little hard because getting into Canada is a little tight right now with restrictions. And dude, it's after. Where's Angel from? I, he's from South America, but he lives in. I think he lives in Florida. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he could or couldn't get in there. But that, I mean, look, he could if he won that show. How much is the prize? Ten grand. Yeah. Any any open show is always a. Minimum it's kind of, of 10 weird grand. because the Toronto Pro is usually in. April, I believe next year it is, right? Or It's usually in the summer. Or May or June or I want to say June or July because okay. it was always around the time of the American Fitness So Expo. let me ask you this. So uh, next year, is it moving back to the summer? I'm assuming it'll be back to the normal. Okay. I think there was restriction issues, yes. and that's why they moved It's kind of weird, you know, have shows yeah. this this late in the season, especially yeah. things that have There's been There's been a ton past. of shows after the Olympia. But the Toronto Pro has a lot of history. I mean, I remember like Milos and all those guys yeah. used to compete there and you know, we know I, I watched Guy compete there before. I used to go up every year to that show, and, and uh, you know, it was always great. Um, Ron yeah. Hashey runs that show, and yeah. he always treated us great. He used to bring me, Coleman, Dexter. He brought Phil Heath one year, all of us together for the Toronto uh, Super Show. You know, it was yeah. great. Uh, I've been but, there. I think I've been to it twice. But, you know, I, I look at Toronto as one of those places. I, I consider it like California where it's yeah. like, man, we're just so restricted. I mean, L.A., yeah, I was talking to Brian uh, Glenn, who you know works a lot with us um, with the graphic stuff and everything, and he's going for Comic Con this weekend. And he just texted me and he said, "Hey, weren't you in California last week or something?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Yeah, they're restrictive. It's all masks at this Comic Con that I'm going yeah. to at the L.A. Convention Center." I said, "Yeah, it's L.A. County, you know." Yeah. But it's different as soon as you go out of L.A. County South. Yeah. They don't have the restrictions. It always comes down to whatever the local mayor of that. It's just you know, it's decides. just you know, there's a lot of craziness going on right now, and you know, my thoughts is just keep moving, right? Yeah. This this next year, I think going into the Olympia, there's going to be a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of people like a lot of people qualified, you know, because you know in the past some guys sometimes two guys will win two or three of the same show or whatever, and they'll take qual- – but I think there's going to be a ton of open guys qualified this yeah, year. Yeah, so a little takeaway from our last conversation. I, I did mention, you know, our goal – I was a Weeder athlete, so we were paid by Weeder to basically, okay, your goal is to get to the Olympia. It's my contest. You know, it's yeah. Joe's contest. So we were paid, you know, a contract to basically, okay, compete, compete, compete. They cover the expenses. And I mentioned, you know, the last episode, like – there's a lot of optional shows for people to, to compete in. Yeah. Now, not all of them are gonna going to pay expenses. I mean, when I did Night of Champions, they didn't. I don't think they paid my expenses. They may have paid like five top guys to show up and say, "Hey, well, I pay for yeah. your room and your flight." I don't know if I did, um, because remember, a lot of international people come. So this is vice versa, international versus domestic. So there's a lot of contests, but you said budget three thousand dollars to to fly or whatever else. I mean, it's probably even more for certain international It could be way more for some Because you're taking someone with. Yeah. Rental cars are, dude, we didn't even consider right now to rent a car for a day, it's a hundred something dollars. Most In a lot of places, you're there for four or five days. I mean, I went to, when I went to, I mean, Angie just rented a car when she was in Jersey, dude, it was $500 for like a smaller car. I mean, we're not going to rent a Corolla, right? When we went went to Reno this last time, just think about it. Regan went up there. He brought his mm-hmm. coach, him, myself. 
We rented an Airbnb. The food. The you, food. I mean, you know, it had trifecta. We had trifecta. We brought most of the food with. But and still, plus you, you still, eat out, right? You still eat out afterwards. The gym expense to the, enter the gym. Yep. And But then we we had to rent. We rented a minivan because mm-hmm. that was the best deal we got. Yeah. But it was definitely over $3,000. But, you know, you had multiple people coming. Yes, now, instead of getting, we just got a big Airbnb house. I think it was like thirteen or $1,400 for the time we were there. But that was better than getting three separate rooms. Mm-hmm. Because then you have to get a room with a kitchen, and it just it just made it a little easier. But you can spend a lot if you're doing an international show. You could easily drop five grand. But I qualified in my first Olympia by placing fourth at the Arnold and third at the Ironman. So the top three at the Ironman would qualify in the top five at the Arnold. Yeah. And I believe Night of Champions, which is now the New York Pro, was also top five. Now they've changed that. Yes. Because there's a lot more available shows. Way more. So think, think Way about it. Way more. Think about, as far as I remember back then, there was always the Night of Champions, the Ironman, the Arnold. Toronto Pro. Toronto. Uh, uh, Aust- uh, Australia Pro. Yeah, but that came. That was after. I mean, but Austra- let's not even talk about, let's yeah. talk about U.S. shows. Okay. Like, let's talk about U.S. So you had basically. Ironman was the first show, yep. then the Arnold. Yep. I know one year they had the San Francisco Pro. Yeah, but that was always after. That, was that, always after. That, that popped up after, but it was Night of Champions, which is New York Pro. That's three. And uh, Toronto, and, we'll just say Toronto, and, four. And then they had the European Tour, you know, after the Olympia. Yeah, so there wasn't a ton of shows. No, there now there's, there's a lot. Yeah, like that was it. So that's why in our era, like it was very limited, right? But there's a lot more people competing now. Yeah. So there's no way a promoter can pay when you have all these divisions, yeah. not, not you know, it's there's sanction fees and there's setup and everything else. The stage isn't cheap. Having stage hands, having, yeah. you know, the venue that sells the tickets. I mean, I promote on the local level, and I mean, it gets expensive. Of course. And uh, you know, you're limited with sponsors because there's only so many people that want to come in and sponsor the events. I mean, ideally, we go after local sponsors, right? So, yeah. you know, whether it's a car dealership or a local restaurant or whatever, so they can title the shows, and then you know, obviously, you got to give tickets away to those people, but. Um, drawing people to your contest too. I mean, you start having pro shows, you know, you got to get the prize money together and, you know, then you have to, you know, you should finance a couple of the athletes to come in to get the big names, right? If they're, yeah, if you get a big name. But, you know, it's just a lot more shows now. So you have, you know, that's why I understand that why they did the point system. Yeah. But I loved the way it was, but remember we were limited. Yeah. So it ha- you know, so if you only got four or five shows, yeah, all the big names are yeah, doing all you, the shows. So you have you had it the. I understand why then the top five or three qualified, yeah. and now they do not. But like I said, I was just disappointed, and I said it straight in the in the podcast. Like, hey, get in early. We talked about Sergio yeah. now getting in early, and hopefully Kuklo the same. And you know, listen, the window starts running short as you get a little older, right? Of course, and. Looking back now, I have no regrets of, oh, I should have done this or that. The only, only like I mentioned, the O2 Olympia I sat out, I probably wish I almost did that because I was qualified. Uh, but, you know, you move on and whatever else. But, you know, I, I want to pivot a little bit into the athletes. We talked about mm-hmm. athlete management. That's what you've done. Yeah. Um, I hate to call you manager, Matt, because <laughs> yeah. it just sounds so um, – like you, you wear a lot of hats, right? Yeah. I mean, you've worked in a lot of different arenas, uh, yeah. and you do a lot of different things other than just management, right? Yeah. But it seems like everyone's reaching out to you right now more than ever yeah. because you have some pretty heavy hitters that are, are utilizing your service, which is your relationships, right? Yeah. It, you know, 
in the last couple of years, I've noticed things have, have changed a lot. And, and I, I don't know where, I don't know where to point the finger at it, but what's happened now is the contracts back when you were in your heyday, people were paid to use their likeness and the company took that likeness and did what they had to do to generate sales. Now you have companies that, that want to bring athletes on, but they, they don't want to just use the likeness. They want the athlete to do the marketing for them. They want them to, they want them to be a salesman. They want them to be a salesperson. And I don't, I don't, I don't like that because if you, if you think an athlete is going to, how do I say this? If, if you look at an athlete as just a salesperson, you're, you're discounting all the other stuff that they bring to the table. Their, their, their fan base that they've built up over the years, their, their likeness, their, their, their ability to, to go do expos or travel or do these other things. You're strictly judging them on how much sales they can bring to the table. And I, I just, I don't, I don't think that's fair because if an athlete posts something and, and let me, let me kind of rewind this. Part of the reason this has happened is there's a lot of athletes and I'm just being blunt when I say this that are lazy and they just wanted to get paid for a company to use their likeness. Well, that's what, you know, we got checks yes. because the company would take, and I always said this, yes. you know, whenever we talk about, Hey, I I'm looking at this person. Okay. What can I do to utilize that person? Mm -hmm. Meaning like it's up to me. Of so how I'm going to handle the media, um, how I'm going to ask them for content that I can utilize and put money behind. Yes. Because I believe they can speak well, they represent the product well, yes. they, they take the product, their physique looks a certain way, you know, they, they just know how to do the duty, right? Yes. Um, and they're, and they have a following. Yes. Like they've already built up. So you have to pay them based on that appreciation. Now, of course, how do you determine a value of what someone's worth? Let's just say, okay, Cutler Nutrition. Mm -hmm. I want to hire, you know, someone like myself. Let's. I'm going to call myself in the in the, in the third person. I'm going to say yeah. I want to hire Jay Cutler. Okay. Let's let's just say it's whatever company. It's just a, a normal company. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how do I determine my value? That how do you determine it, or how does the company? How to well no. How do I determine to say to a company I want X. And I'm not out of my mind for asking that. You have to have, if you want X, you have to have a reason where you come up with that number. And that could be for kind of, how do I say this? Isn't there an industry standard though? Like does someone get paid 2,000, 3,000, no. 5,000, 10,000, every, every, everything, everything is situational. With you, it's different because you have a, a 20 year history of success. I know, success. but I'm not me. I'm, I'm just a yeah. widget. Like a person, I'm yes. just a guy. Okay, so, but I'm saying if I was trying to do something okay. for you, I'm going to look at you and go, okay, this person has 20 year history. I can go to this. I can look at. I can see them at an expo, and I can see how long the lines are. I can watch the interaction with the fans. I can go to their social media, and I can how look much at they post. I can look at how much they post, and I can put when they post. Do they put effort into it, or do they just do the basic bare minimum? Do they just post a picture with a link and say nothing else? Or do they flip the camera on them and actually talk and put some effort into it? Because you can't really go by the following. And no, the, no, you and can't. The engagement, right? Because no. sometimes I mean, I, fake, I've had right? people, I have people that I've worked with in the past that have millions of followers and they can't sell shit. They can't, they, they, they don't have any type of turn, turnaround for the company. I know, but how do you teach them to do that? You have to sit down and explain it to them. A lot of times with newer talent, 
I will tell them, follow what, see what Jay does and watch what like Daniel and Bailey does because they're really good at it. Yeah, you know? but you know what? I'm not a salesman. You don't need to but be. But you know, you know what I am? I'm a guy that, and this is how I determined what deals I structured, okay? I would say, okay, what do I utilize on a daily basis, okay? Do I, I take a supplement? I use a weight belt. I go to the gym. I wear a certain thing. I had the, yeah. Remember, I had the outfit that I did legs on. So if I wear a certain shirt or yeah. I looked at, okay, what, what's that? You know, we tan. We shave. Uh, you know, we listen to music. So I took all those aspects and I said, yes. okay, I used to reach out to companies and say, okay, if I utilize this and I wasn't endorsing it, but I believed in it. So I believe like you have to look at what your daily essentials are. Listen, I have hair paint. I mean, I did it all. I had shampoo. I had all endorsement deals yep. because I try to utilize everything that I used. And it's easy yes. to showcase that when, hey, you're cooking your food every day. What yes. utensils it's do authentic. you use? What food do you use? Yes. When you go to the gym and you take the products, okay, I'm taking it. I'm mixing it. Someone film it. It's kind yes. of corny a little bit, right? Yeah. To sometimes when you think, especially someone that as you get a little deeper yes. into age, right? You're doing these things, but it's that's how you market. Not, hey, post this up. Like here, I'm selling this this pre workout. Uh, buy it. Like I, you, I, I always wh tell what is it? Like what makes it what makes it different? Course. How does it mix? How 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 do you drink it? Do you dry scoop it? Do you put it in a glass? Do you Shake it in a shaker? Do you yes. take it on your way to the gym? Do you take it at the gym? Do you pull it out like as you're yes. like, you know, there's so many different aspects on how to utilize things, you yes. know? How did this shirt fit? Okay, is, it, is the collar tight? Is it, you know, how did the sleeve sit on your arms? Is, is the length long enough? Like, you have to showcase the all. What it all things. comes down to is two words. Effort matters. Mm -hmm. If you don't put the effort, your fans know if you put the effort in or not. People that follow you. And the difference is, there are somebody, like let's say we were gonna sell this water. There are some people that the company will say, hey, we're running a promo. They will take a picture of it and put 20% off code. That doesn't do anything. You know, just dry posting something doesn't do anything. But if I said to you, Jay, sell this water, I know what you're gonna do. Mm -hmm. You're gonna look at it. You're gonna put the camera on you. You're gonna say, hey man, I just got this water in. You know, I like this water for this and this and this, this reason. I drink this water at this time, this time, this time. You are gonna go above and beyond and somebody's going to listen to you. If someone just sees a still picture, they're gonna look at it and they're gonna keep swipe, 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 okay, swipe, I'm gonna, swipe. Okay, I'm gonna point something out. So this this is I drink, okay? This yes. is a water that I get sent to me. Okay, yes. I do not have an endorsement deal with this, yep. but I constantly, Post this. So when I yes. mix my pre-workout, guess what water I'm mixing it in? I when do. I'm at the gym drinking water or, you know, taking video or pictures, guess what's in the background? Exactly. Guess what's being... being uh, We're talking about right now. Yeah. On this. Uh, this is not an endorsement deal. So this is kind of the kind of things, but they do send it to us. Yeah. And we appreciate that. Um, but, so, but, effort, but again, effort matters. But and that's a lot how of people a lot of stuff it. starts. Yes. Right? And, and sometimes that is how it starts, where you just really like a product yes. and, you, and you use the product and they send it to you. And eventually, now you could go to the table with a brand and say, hey, I've been using your product for six months. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about how I can get more involved with that. You know, And one of the things I was going to say before is, I think the social media influencers have changed the game. Because before, like we said, a bodybuilder just got paid to use their likeness. 
what was happening is companies were paying all these bodybuilders and then they started dabbling in, well, hey, this person's got a following on, on YouTube or this or this or this, whatever different platform, and they utilized it. And the people that were on these platforms didn't have the, the big resume. They didn't have the, the, the hardware or the titles or anything. And they thought, shit, this company is going to do this for me. I'm going to go above and beyond. And they learned that craft of how can I sell this product without being a salesman, just marketing it properly, put that little extra effort in. So now what's happened is you have companies that expect if they sign somebody and they say, hey, I'm paying you X amount of dollars, you have to get me this, these many sales or you're not of value to me. And to me, that's the wrong thing to do as well. Because if you sign somebody, it's not their it's not their job to be yeah, a you don't, salesman. You don't know what their how their job is. So when you're actually hiring someone, yeah. you don't know what their selling capability no. abs absolutely is. I mean, you can get an idea of watching the media if you have the right person if you know running if you know your how to program. Run it. Yes. yes. But you're most people are hiring these athletes to rep represent a brand by how they look. Yes. And what they're following is. Yes. Then they automatically assume if you have a million followers, and I have companies pitch this stuff to me all the time. Hey, I can do this, that, and the other for your athlete. They got 4 million followers. We're going to convert at 15%. So you're going to make this, 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 this. And it's, it doesn't work that way. So is there a certain, like, if someone has 500K on Instagram, I'm going to use Instagram, which, okay. you know, that's what people look at today, right? Yep. Which there's a whole lot. There's TikTok, there's Snapchat, there's Facebook, which used to be, king, you know, back in the day. Yep. Is there a set value on someone that has half a million, a million? I think 1.5, 2 million. Certain companies have set values. If they're looking like for single posts, they'll say, if you have this much, this is how much we're going to pay you. What if you have a million followers on Instagram? What could you, what, what would you determine your, like, what would you say? Cause this is, I'm trying to like, yeah, people watching our podcast. How do you determine what, I, like, what is someone worth? If I have a million followers on Instagram, I personally, I don't care what your following is. Uh, I know how to, I do, but, but if you have a million followers, I can look Are at Are you worth 3000 a month? It depends. I'm going to dissect your following. I'm going to look and see where your following is, how many, how many are men, how many are women, there's software that can determine these things. Then I'm going to go read the comments. I'm going to watch your social media for a while. I'm going to go back six months and I'm going to see how you, how you acted on your social media back then. Is this something new? Or are you just trying to get a deal so you're working harder more? Are you looking social media at only uh, Instagram? No, it de it depends. Like it depends on the brand. TikTok's big now. TikTok's big. Instagram. You can look at Instagram. You can look at YouTube. YouTube. YouTube's going to drive more yeah, yeah. more trap more sales than anything else. So everyone should have a YouTube channel. Everyone should. Anyone that has a phone. And I've always said this: if you post something on Facebook, Instagram, whatever else, people are going to see it in a certain time frame, and then it's going to fall back. If you put something on YouTube, it's there forever. And how many times have you been interested in something, whether you were going to buy something and you searched it and you looked at the video and it was from 2017, Yeah, you know, and. You well, you know, can so also monetize all, and, these, and all, these, monetize all these things. You yes. Instagram reels, um, your TikToks, your YouTube. I mean, Snapchat, so, everything is monetized these days. One other thing I wanted to say is, so a company will, let's say they, I wanted some, a company wanted to sign you and they're paying you $5,000 a month. And a month into it or two months into it, the owner goes, well, you're not getting me $5,000 worth of sales. And they point the finger at you. When in reality, there's a hundred or a thousand variables that go into if somebody buys or not. Mm -hmm. If you drive traffic to a website, that's your job as an athlete to endorse it, to put a face behind it, 
and create awareness for it. However, you can do this, whether it's videos, whether it's posts or whatever, just talking about it. But if you drive traffic to a website and you're buying it from your phone, how do I, how does that, why is that athlete being responsible for sales when your website might not be set up right? It might be difficult to buy. Your shipping department might take too long to ship. You might not have good products. Somebody could say, hey man. Or good enough sales. A good enough sales. Like somebody could go, hey, Jay Cutler told me to buy this. And they go look and there's 50 negative comments on it. Well, they might not buy because of that. Or they might go to the website. And I've done this in the past where you go to buy something and you got to click here. Then you got to fill all this out. And then you got to click here. You got to fill all this out. And you got to go here, here, here. Next thing you know, if you can't capture a sale within two or three clicks, somebody's going to go on. But another thing is, is this company constantly coming out with new things for that athlete talk to talk about? about. A lot, yeah. and, and companies don't do this because I have athletes that are with major brands that don't come out with stuff often. And therefore, they're not going to have the same sales because you can only say to somebody, buy this same water so many times where people are like, okay, I got it. But now if this water comes out with a mojito flavor, or a raspberry flavor. Innovation, yeah. Innovation. But if they come out with something different, now you're some, it's something for you to be more excited about. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's so many variables to whether or not an athlete can convert. And their conversion is not, in 99 times out of 100, it's not up to them. It's up to the brand. Their job is to drive you traffic. Your job is to close the deal. No different than if you want to buy a car, you know? Whatever marketing they spend out there is to create get awareness to you and get you to that dealership. Once you get to the dealership, it's a deal, it's the salesperson's job to close the deal. And in this case, it's more of a virtual salesman. The athlete drives the traffic. The company has to be able to convert that sale once you've got it. It's out of their control. And, and if they get a sale, okay, let's say, let's say uh, we'll use Cutler Nutrition for example. You do a post and somebody buys this flavor. Well, if you're not constantly coming out with new stuff, how often, how much, how long is that person going to keep buying that same thing? And next thing you know, they look on there and then, you know, this other company comes out with a new flavor and now they're seeing another person they follow. They don't just follow you. Of course not. They follow yet. hundreds of people and they're getting barraged with all these different brands. So if you have a raspberry flavor and they've used it two or three times and then all of a sudden, uh, a mojito flavor comes up. They're like, hey, man, I've been using this raspberry forever. This company I'm using isn't using it, isn't coming out with anything new. So now they go buy from another brand. So the companies that are constantly coming out with new, it doesn't have to be a new innovative product. It's just something else to talk about. Or it about. has to look cool with uh, with videos like J-Mac does for me. He's the brains behind the funny commercials too, by the <laughs> way. So, but, th but again, that's something else as well because if somebody looks at it and laughs... They're going to remember it. And you know what they're going to do? Man, this thing's funny, especially like when you did the one where, where you fucking hit the thing down. And <laughs> that was his idea. <laughs> you know what's funny? I told someone was asking me about that. And it yeah. smashed all and the I floor. Went, Yo, like he really hit it and it exploded all well, over the floor. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is we, you know, so what do you, is that our most popular? What would you say is For the, sure. okay, so. So I put a mustache on him in the supplement store. We do this. So we even had this idea. This was the, you know what I, I want the you first to do? one. At this point in the podcast right now, I want you to splice in and play the video so they understand and then get back to the podcast. So, so when we did this video, this was like one of the original videos we planned on doing, correct? Like I think this was even the first video we – we were in a pandemic, yeah. so we couldn't go in the supplement Because I remember you had to take the mask yeah, on, on and, and off, off yeah. just because I was respectful, but uh, – and, you know, we did, like, three takes because he's like, you're not hitting it hard enough. <laughs> and on the, on the last take, 
the the cap blew open and the <laughs> shit went everywhere. But it was real. It's and I felt bad because you know we took over the store and of course there was people in and out that day and we were pulling masks on and off and we were shooting like by the cash register, just because I was like placing the protein yeah. in and uh, shout out to Vegas Discount too for letting us do that. But uh, you know that was just really it was like one of those unique commercials and that's one thing that like creativity is important to market a brand and. People have caught on now to, you know, we have the dogs in there and like we just did a mojito commercial, which was really cool. So, so think, but think of it like this that commercial's funny. Yeah. So, somebody sees it, you know what they're going to do with that commercial? Yeah, they're they're going to forward it to their yeah, friend. Oh my it. God, watch this. This shit is funny. This shit is yeah. funny. So, now because you did, you put the effort in. But it's a little out of my character, too. It is. So but if somebody has no idea who you are, they're going to say, yo, this thing is funny. Watch it. Even if they have no idea who Jay Cutler is or the Jay Cutler football player, or if they caught that little that thing at the end when he said, hey, I think he played football. Yeah, yeah. That gets out there more and it's going to open the doors for other things. But it's something that. Your your talent, if you were a major company, you could take that and put it out there and it's funny. And then it, it gets it gets more, you know, listen, more I, one thing it. I can suggest to you guys on media is be your funny self. Of course. Don't always be so serious, you know, and if you're trying to sell something like or or put eyes on something, yes, make it a little comical. Yeah. You know, do something that's a little silly. Pick that, on yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, self satire. In, 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 uh, in essence, I'm just like Marty's commercial is on just like showcasing my funnier side, which, you know, is very dry. But, you know, I still have that side. Everyone yes. has it. Right. So it's about getting comfortable on camera. And listen, I, I came out of the gate. I was not very talkative. I wasn't yeah. I, I wasn't an expert at marketing. And I think that truly I believe in things. And that's what made uh, my product falling so great. Right. Yeah is just because I showcase what I believe in and how I use it and how it works in my routine, you know? Cert, certain people are just really good at content. And I'm going to, I'm always, and I always tell this to any athlete that's, that's wanting to learn who to follow, who puts out good content. Dana and Rob Bailey put out unbelievable content. They have a really good team. And, you know, when Dana and Robert are with Trifecta and whenever we have a sale or something coming up, I'll message Rob about it and he'll say, what do you want from me? And I'll, I will always say the same thing. Just be Rob Bailey mm-hmm. because he will just do something off the top of his head that is funny and unique. And that's what gets it. It can't be the same thing over and over. This is my favorite product for this reason. Like put some effort into it. Like, I don't know if you saw the last they did that, you know, Rob did this, the short 30 second commercial and it was for trifecta and he's going down because they had all their black Friday stuff and they had all these pizzas and he's filming it going down like, no, 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 no. And then he flips to the trifecta, yes. And he's like, hey, you know, do this, 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 this with trifecta. And it looks like a, it, it looks like a genuine person talking about something that they believe in. But it was funny because they're laughing at all the, the good, pe- all the, the junk food, but they're eating good food. And I wonder if they ate the pizza. I don't know if they did. Probably. I mean, who the hell can turn on a slice of pizza? I would have had the pizza for sure. You're full of shit. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> There's times we've had pizza there and you don't eat it. But, but yeah, what it comes down to is if you want to be successful in this industry, you have to look at the people that are successful and see what they're doing and find a way to implement it into your, uh, into your routine and be genuine, be authentic, and... That's that would be the best. Advice. Like you follow these people for the training aspects and yeah. like, you you know, hey, how can I learn techniques and this and that? Maybe diet, whatever they do. 
watch what they do on the outside for their marketing for yeah. obviously their their potential and for sponsors. and for for brands someone who runs a brand the best advice i would give to them is make sure your team the people who are helping you pick athletes know what they're doing understand you know the difference between someone who has 2 million followers that are not going to drive you the traffic you want you have to know your audience if you're trying to sell a pre workout you're, I don't care if a girl's got 10 million followers. If she's got all ass shots showing there, she's not going to sell your product. So she shouldn't put the pre-workout on her ass and no. get, take a picture? You'll get a bunch of likes, but if somebody if somebody that's looking for that is not worried about... Yeah. You don't about, think you'd buy it if it was sitting on the girl's ass? It would depend on the discount. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so listen... So uh, let, you're going to do yeah. that, ass discount now? Um, <laughs> I want to touch on something uh, that came across the news. Um, Dave Draper... Yes. Uh, 79 years old, passed away uh, this past week, which was, uh, you know, one of the guys I watched when I came into this thing. Yeah, it was what? Lon Bomber. It was what? Him, Arnold, uh, Franco, and Louie were like the four big names in Pumping Iron, weren't they? Yeah, well, no, Mike Katz was in there. Mike too. Katz was in there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But, yeah, I mean, it's. He, he was one, you know, he was in a couple films, and, you know, obviously he lived a lengthy uh, life. That's successful average. career. Joe Weider loved him for his, you know, his blonde hair. Like I said, they called him the blonde bomber. But, you know, as as we've seen a lot of, um, you know, in this era now, uh, we've seen a lot of people passing away just like in normal life, you know. Um, you know, 79 was obviously an age that we all strive to reach and, you know, maybe even further. Um, like I said, I just lost my dad at 92, and he was great until he was 89, until he had a fall. But... Um, you know, you look back now on on people's legacy and, and kind of the mark that they left, and he was one of the icons because bodybuilding, man, like really transpired since, yeah. you know, the 50s and 60s. And, you know, he was one of the early pioneers. He trained at the, the Gold's Gym, original Gold's Gym. And, you know, I know there was a lot of interaction from people, uh, you know, how much of an impact he left on people. So did you know, like, I've never met him. I didn't, I didn't know him personally. Um, but I admired him from the books, you know, that's one of the guys that I looked at and, you know, looking back now, I mean, I would call him what they would call classic bodybuilding because yeah. he wasn't overly large, but you know, great body. Yeah. And like I said, they're, they're what they utilized back then was way different from now. Of course. I mean, as far as supplements and food and diet techniques yeah. and remember a full-time career as a bodybuilder like they didn't have that back in that era they were, so, they were actually they were the guinea pigs yeah i mean they didn't they worked jobs they would train for three or four or five you know they trained more ever than ever probably overtrained. um very limited equipment very limited exercises no social media to see what what the newest and best is but yeah. you know the equipment was the thing the legs today are so much bigger on the guys than the past i mean yeah they used to do hamstring curls, and that was it. Stiff-legged deadlifts, maybe. Now you have, like, seated leg curls, standing leg. You know, you have so many different yeah. variations. And, you know, guys, like, what about glute training? Like, that didn't even exist up until 10 years ago. I didn't train glutes, really, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just advanced so much. So he, he'll be missed greatly. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, he'll leave that legacy, and I'm sure people will be talking about this the next few weeks. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. You know, I've, I've never met him. You know, yeah. I just, I've, I've watched him in the movies. I always knew, or I mean, the pumping iron i always knew who he was yeah i just didn't i didn't know a lot about him but. yeah i know he left his wife and uh so condolences to his family friends uh obviously his yeah. loved ones so let's get into some questions um 
uh, we've had a lot of great. I, I know <laughs> right. our first question is going to be the Brian Shaw question, but we just, you know, I just sent you over the MSN yeah, thing on Brian Shaw. Up. I don't know if you saw Did that, you that? Mac, but um, here's our mailman delivering our mail. But um, so Brian Shaw uh, and you were on MSN.com. Yeah, which is huge. That's Men's like health, mainstream yeah. mainstream yeah. media, right? The front page, you and you and him That's flexing. Cool. Yeah, I think it said something like. Four-time Mr. Olympia teaches world's strongest man how to train biceps or something. Yeah, I'm That's still, pretty I'm cool. Still, I'm still sore from that workout. All right, let's. let's All right, so, go so ahead. the first question is: I saw your interview with Brian Shaw. Do you truly think Brian Shaw could compete as a bodybuilder? I hundred percent. Okay, why do you think that is? Because he has the structure, and he's not. Um, he's not midsection heavy, heavy. Um, he's actually, I've seen him lean down, like you know, I've seen him with I a mean, six pack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, he's four fifteen today. And he's been 450 or bigger. Yeah. Um, he definitely said that, you know, his endurance and his mobility is better at a lower weight. So I think he competes around 400, right? At the world's strongest. Um, it, it, this last year, I think he said he was 405. Okay. So he wants to be closer. All the way know. up to 450 he has. Just okay. depends on the... But I think now, you know, they're making it a little more difficult for these yeah. guys. You know, it seems like if someone's great at something, they pull that that uh, that obstacle out, right? So I think he could do it. I think if he got on a, on a you know, it would probably take him a year to do the transition. Um, absolutely. I think anyone, no matter what, he's he's got a lot of muscle behind him, a lot of density, and I think he could do really well. If he does it, are you going to train him? Yes. There you go. His his coach actually reached out and said, whenever you're ready to do a Brian Shaw challenge, he'll write a diet for you today to see if you can eat what he eats. <laughs> That'd be kind of good. Maybe we'll give it a shot one day. You have always been a car person. What is your favorite car and why? Uh, my favorite car is the Rolls-Royce Wraith. Actually, my favorite car that I want is the Porsche Carrera GT. It was, it was, it's non-existent anymore. Uh, it was actually the one that Paul Doc Paul Walker passed away um, in the car accident with. Um, very limited. I think they're closer to a million dollars now for that car. But that was always my dream car. I should have bought it when it was came out at four hundred thousand. That was crazy back in two thousand four or whatever. Um, but I would say the Ro the Wraith. Is, what 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 makes the Rolls Royce Wraith that? Um, the Wraith is, there's nothing that drives like it. It's it's just like you're driving on a cloud. Mm -hmm. um, I just like the look of it. Um, you know, obviously I have a customized Wraith, which I love. Um, it just, you know, just I don't think you can get much better than that, to be honest. I'm not into sports cars as, as, yeah. as much either, so. What is the best cardio equipment to use to burn fat? Mm, that's a good question. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, I don't think there's any piece that's more beneficial. Um, I think that there's certain elements to each movement that you do. Like if you ask me what I did to get in my best shapes, mm -hmm. I've gotten in my best shapes using every piece of cardio equipment there is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Stairs are, have this whole theory that, you know, when you do the rotating stairs, you're, uh, working the glutes more. And yes, definitely my glutes got probably more conditioned stepping on stair mill. I like the elliptical. I like bike work, but I'll be honest, like incline treadmill did great for me. Like I'm going to make a comparison, like, like 2001 Olympia. I walked my dog around the neighborhood for cardio. I did no cardio. That was like one of your best shapes ever. Yes. Um, 2009, I did step mill and treadmill. 
okay? I did usually like 40 and 40, but I would probably do 30 minutes of stairs and, and 10 minutes of treadmill and did longer strides. I looked great there too. Um, shoot, 2005, when I thought I could have won the Olympia, I did only bike. Mm-hmm. So there's no piece that's going, going to, it's all about getting on, getting heart rate a little elevated, burning calories and keeping metabolism. So a walk in the neighborhood is as good as doing stairs and everything else. It's just consistency with doing it combined with a great diet. Yeah, I was going to say it, it almost... It's you know, more diet. You can you can get just as much out of a bike as you can a yes. treadmill. It just depends on how. how now, you if you're working it. for health rate, I mean, obviously intervals mm-hmm. on any cardio equipment is better, right? So high, low, high, low, kind of intensity. Jay, will Cutler Nutrition ever come out with a RTD or an energy drink? I've looked into the RTDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I need heavy distribution right now. More of a direct brand, meaning I sell only through Amazon and through online. Uh, but I am looking hopefully in 2022 to maybe look at uh RTD pre-workout. So RTD is going to be more, yeah, it's going to go more into retail. Yeah. Stores. More distribution. I mean, I'm a fan of some of these, uh, you know, like Redcon has a good uh, yeah. pre-workout. I, I like the taste of theirs and uh, or even a protein drink gym. or whatever. It's every yeah. gym we go to, there's always a, a you just need a lot of distribution, and that's that means outside of, you know, to ship anything that's like an RTD or whatever, it's a little more expensive, especially now with shipping rates. And the last question, Las Vegas seems to be the new Mecca. Why do you think so many people are relocating to Las Vegas? Keeps coming up, this question. <laughs> people ask, just last night I had a conversation with someone about why do I live here. I was on the phone. Uh, I would tell you the key points of Las Vegas is the theory is that people believe it's cheaper than everywhere else, which is not necessarily true right now mm-hmm. because real estate's through the roof. Um, obviously, our registration fees are expensive. For you vehicles, you yeah. pay for you pay for less in areas, but you pay for more in others. Mm-hmm. Um, but the climate is amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, it does get a little hot in the summers, but right now our weather's I mean seventy five yesterday. Twenty uh, four hour city, yep. twenty four hour gyms. Uh, I think right now you see a lot of media leading here that's building towards people moving here for the culture, meaning there's a lot of news and bodybuilding and fitness, like people are migrating here. The Olympia's here. Uh, USA's, which is the most prestigious. Yeah, US, USA's are normally here, which, you know, this hopefully they're coming back this year. Um, but no state income tax. And no That's bi- probably the best. And if you want to talk about Henderson. Yeah, just like last night I was messaging. Okay, you. so Henderson has the cheapest... Uh, real estate tax, right, in the whole country. I, if I, I read an article a long time ago that it, it's the lowest in the country, and I was just uh, just for shits and giggles last night. I looked up a house on the the eastern part of of Las Vegas. It's considered it was, Las Vegas, yes, because Henderson's a different. Henderson's different. different. Yeah, it was five hundred thousand dollars, and it said the the monthly taxes were like four hundred and sixty dollars. Okay, and the same five hundred thousand dollar house in Henderson, it was like one hundred and twenty five or one hundred and thirty dollars. So the tax quarter, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, a, yeah, it's 25% of it. And that's probably why you see up in like the Hills, those, those insane expensive mansions, because the property taxes are so low. If you have that same house in Miami or California, you're going to pay an obscene amount just for taxes and insurance because there's no natural disasters here either. Yeah. 
So you're not paying, you know, $5,000 a month for insurance because you're on the water in Florida or you're on the water in California or whatever else. Where do you live, Jay? Henderson or? Yeah, he's in Henderson. Your taxes are super low, aren't they? So, so uh, I'm going to tell you the reason I moved here. Um, accessibility, uh, there were 24-hour gyms, which I didn't have in California where I lived prior. Uh, no state income tax, moved my businesses here, have my LLCs here. Uh, real estate, I came for real estate. Um, at the time, it was a lot cheaper. And yes, you can get an unbelievable home in Las Vegas comparable to California or yes. New York. or I mean, listen, Fraction. there's places in the Midwest. I mean, you talk about some of these other places, even Wisconsin yeah. or uh, you know, uh, Montana and Utah. We talk about Utah all the time. Every place has its ups its and downs, ups and downs yeah. with what you, um, why people migrate there. But if I was to say the most convenient thing about Vegas is you wake up every day to the pretty much the same weather. Yes. Like it rarely rains. Uh, yes, you have a big swing in, in how hot it gets certain, but you know what? You get th maybe three months of extreme heat, but I'll tell you the nights in Vegas during those summer months are amazing. I mean, yeah. hundred degrees with no sun. Um, but there's no humidity, so you don't. Yeah, feel no humidity. Gross. But you know, listen, we don't work outdoors, like I mentioned. I mean, our business is indoors uh, most of the time. Yes, we tr do a lot of transit, uh, but we, we have our choice whether okay, we work from home or we work from an office that has air conditioning or whatever else. Um, it's suitable, but also the accessibility to fly certain places. Like there's late flights that leave in and out here. They leave all day. And, uh, you know, yes, a lot of places we get, we're United Flyers, so we don't necessarily have a hub here. But we're on a coast. Uh, we're close enough to California, which, you know, I extremely like the weather there. We can go to Utah. I mean, we can go to the mountains. We can go anywhere, really pretty accessible um, driving distance. And, uh, you know, it's just, I think it just comes down to cost of living and, and listen, it is called now the, the newer age of bodybuilding, like, you know, between flex and fit club and kilo club and, uh, lift factory. And, but even, even the LVACs are, they're, yeah, LVACs, they're the EOSs are what great. What is it, 20 bucks a month and you um, can go to any, any of them? Yeah. The other thing I've, I've said too is you have, if you're on a diet, this is one of the few places where if you really wanted, you could go out to eat five times in a day and not break your diet in Vegas because there's so many restaurants that can prepare healthy exact to what you want. Yeah, food. Teriyaki Boy, Teriyaki Madness. Uh, protein hey, listen, House, Protein, yeah, protein source, House, yeah. Greens and Proteins. Greens and Proteins, yeah. The Egg Places, you know, they, yeah, they can make... Um, Bajas Stacks and Yolks. Stacks and yolks they yeah. can make what you want. So if you go into one of these restaurants and say, hey, I need... 10 ounces of chicken, and I need two cups of white rice and some vegetables steamed. Yeah. No problem. And you can't always get that in, in the other places around America. Yeah. I eat out at Sunnyside Up, too. They're really good in Boca I've, Park. I've, you know? I've only been there once. Yeah. Once or twice we went there. So there's a lot of great There's a lot of great reasons. I don't know about calling it the new Mecca. I joke about it a little bit, but yeah. the Mecca is the Mecca. I mean, you have the East Coast Mecca, which is Steve Weinberger's, and then, you know, the Mecca Mecca, which is Gold's Jim Venice. And, uh, you know, that's... Uh, that's you know that's why we love it here. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a nice dump. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. So appreciate uh, appreciate everyone following. Make sure you guys uh, subscribe, like. Make sure you guys share. Uh, remember the bobbleheads are available jcutlershop.com along with this shirt. Uh, this is one of my signature legend tees that's also available. I don't even there. have one of those. Yeah, I have all colors, so I'll have to get you a couple. 
I just don't know if they make 3X. So shout out to everyone out there that's keeping uh, keeping us uh, in the loop with everything and appreciate it. Make sure you guys comment below. And uh, we are out for CutlerCast this week. <laughs>